You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello everyone, Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Hey friends, this is Melissa from God's Favorites, a history podcast where we talk about people in history who were God's favorites with the stupidest luck you've ever heard of, or the people who just thought they were God's favorites. Henry VIII, I am looking right at you right now. You can also find me over on TikTok at Melissa Fairlady, where I do a lot of history content. Y'all know I love me some queens, and that's why you're here. This is Queen's Podcast with Katie and Nathan. Prepare yourself for Queen's cocktails and curse words. And if you don't like the latter, this may not be the podcast for you. But come on, who doesn't love a well-placed F-bomb? You've been warned, peasants. Kidding. Enjoy the show and come check me out over on God's Favorites, a history podcast. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about women in history. Nathan, Nathan, Nathan. How's it going, Katie? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. I had a fun little weekend. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, we just went out and saw uh, some live music on uh, mm-hmm. Saturday in downtown Austin. It's been a while, so it was a lot of fun. But know what's even more fun? Talk what? to you about oh, history. Oh, I love when you butter me up like this. It's yeah. So please keep so- inflating my ego, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've been doing this series here where we've been letting our top patreon supporters our queen mothers pick the topics for us and so this is our last of that series which has been really fun so nathan who did listener brooke choose for us today dagmar of denmark or uh maria theodorovna depending on which day we're talking yeah yeah which day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes yeah nathan before we get started let's do some Patreon shout outs. Big shout out to Patreon supporter Madison. Yes. Shout out to Courtney and Sarah. Yes. Love it. And thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters and all of our listeners. Thank you so much for letting us talk your ear off about some history. So... (laughs) Before we get started, though, Nathan, tell us about this cocktail. It is called the White Russian. So just your basic White Russian cocktail recipe. Everybody has heard at least of a White Russian. So basically, it is just two shots of vodka, one shot of Kahlua, and then you top that with a little bit of cream. You can do half and half, but I gilded that lily today, baby. I did the heavy cream. (laughs) 
Ooh, I felt bougie. I felt mm. delicious. It's a little bit sweet. It's a little bit creamy. Delish. This is definitely a nice little treat for Dagmar. Yeah, because yeah, she's she's it's a little bit of a sexy drink too for our yes. sexy girl. Yes, yes, yes. So let's get into her, Nathan. Let's bring Dagmar, the Danish princess who would go on to be the second to last Tsarina of Russia. Let's bring her into the world. So Dagmar was born on November 26, 1847 in Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, so Rolls. this makes her a Sagittarius sun with a Cancer moon. So Sagittarius, a little bit cry, a little bit cry. Um, little bit. Yeah. But energetic. But, yes, that is the politically correct thing to say. <laughs> uh, but also very funny, adventurous, optimistic. But her Cancer moon would mean she would be very emotional, protective, creative. It's actually a very good placement for your moon to be in Cancer. Because Cancer is ruled by the moon. So she would have been a, an absolute joy to be around. So there's there's her yes. astrology. <laughs> I get the vibe that she's a chill person. But like we were saying earlier in history, she may more commonly be known as Maria Fyodorovna. Because that's the name she took after she married into the Russian family. But we just got done with the Maria Teresa series with all those Marias. And so how do you solve a problem like Maria? We call her Dagmar. Is how we're going to do, do that one. And plus, you know, we've just never talked about someone named Dagmar before. So it's a little bit, it's just refreshing. Yes, it is. So in Danish, that would actually be pronounced Dalma. But everything that we found with English speaking people, they pronounce it Dagmar. So yeah. we're going to stick with that. Yes. But thank you so much to Patreon supporter Brooke for her suggestion on this one and the hot tip on actually how to say the name correctly. How to pronounce her... it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At her time of birth, Dagmar wasn't really born into, I mean, she was born into privilege and into nobility, but her family was like minor nobility. Mm. Her parents were both from good families and they were connected, but they weren't thought to be in the line of succession for the Danish throne, like at all. And while they lived comfortably, their income was pretty limited. So their it wasn't the bougiest upbringing we've ever seen. Yeah, her parents were Christian and Luis, and they had a pretty happy marriage. Uh, fun, nice. Fun fact, dad had initially tried to date Queen Victoria of Great Britain. <laughs> uh, yes, 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 that Queen Victoria. Ooh. But Vicky must have been like super uninterested, but seems like everything worked out fine regardless. Everybody ended up with who they needed to end up with. Uh, Dagmar was the fourth of six kids. All the kids grew up with their parents in the same household in Copenhagen. You know, we hear a lot on this show about kids in the nobility getting sent to live at boarding schools or with other families. And that just wasn't the case here. She actually stayed at home with her parents and knew her brothers and sisters really well. So isn't that nice? Yes. She and her elder sister, Alexandra, were especially close. They were about three years apart, so pretty close in age, and they were inseparable. Almost like twins, basically. Really, really close. Yeah. In fact, her family was so close, and she had a cute little nickname. Everybody called her Minnie, which Aww. I thought was really sweet. All the siblings, both brothers and sisters, everybody was given a very practical education. So, yeah, like she's learning to read. She's learning languages and stuff like that. But she's also learning how to 
make her bed and balance a checkbook. And she would have known how to like sew her own hems into her skirts and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, and in this household, Mama was the one calling the shots. Mm-hmm. She was warm and loving to her kids, so don't get me wrong. But if you stepped out of line, Mama's going to put you in your place, baby. Okay? <laughs> Mom, Dad might look the other way. Mama's calling you out on your shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love that. It shows us that she had a strong female role model growing up. Yeah. Which we love to see. And for someone of the nobility, they had as close to a quote-unquote normal upbringing. Obviously not normal for us because they still did live in a palace and they did have, you know, help and whatnot, but closer to normal than some other people we've discussed on this show. Yeah. But then in 1852, their lives change forever. Uh Their dad was named heir presumptive to the king of Denmark. Wait, what? Yeah, this is like a surprise to just about everyone. So... The current king, Frederick VII, didn't have any legitimate kids, and none of his immediate family had any sons. So, in a very long, complicated diplomatic process, Minnie's mom and dad were eventually viewed as the best option to be next in line for the throne. Right. And at five years old, Dagmar goes from just the granddaughter of some random duke to a princess of Denmark. Now, nothing changed overnight for the family. They were given new titles. They were given a new house. But they weren't really given more money to sustain a higher status that you would need. And they didn't... Her parents weren't eager to throw the kids into the life of a royal courtier or anything. Mm -hmm. They're expected to make public appearances from time to time now because they are the next royal family. But it wasn't like... They didn't really lean into uh, raising their kids any differently now that they have these titles. One thing that Dagmar's dad is most famous for is being a man of real, real strong principles. Right. And he thought that the current king was T. Rash. And garbage, 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 hot flaming garbage. <laughs> um, and King Frederick had kept mistresses openly and maybe even had a gay relationship. But his biggest crime in the eyes of the of Dagmar's family was that he married a commoner <gasps> and accepted her illegitimate child as his own. What that for me? I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. You can't help who you love, but. To Dagmar's family, that just meant garbage. <laughs> trash, trash, trash. Trash, trash, trash. But gradually, as the king's health declined, they started getting more and more public attention. The people as a whole just started being more interested in them. Wait a second. Who's this Who? next in line to the throne? Who is this family of randos? Who are these fucking random people? Yeah. Can you... It, it was kind of weird, because they were like, who... Wait, who are these people? Yeah. Dagmar and her siblings weren't thrown into the public eye immediately, like we said, but they did have to make appearances every now and then. And the public was so intrigued by this family. One, because who doesn't love a mystery? Who are these people? Let's get to know them. Two, it was like, oh my God, these kids are so well behaved. What like perfect little prince and princesses they are. And three, this family is beautiful. (laughs) we love to see a pretty pretty princess and dagmar and her sister fit that bill 
Y'all, this is one good-looking family, but especially Minnie and her sister Alexandra. They are stone-cold, hottie, patati, foxes, whoa. Like, catches everybody's eye. And the thing is, we actually have pictures, because a lot of our queens that we talk about, we just see portraits, and who the fuck knows? We actually have pictures, pre-Photoshop pictures yeah so we can see what they actually looked like and yeah they were gorgeous girls so even before her dad became the heir presumptive she was always gonna have good options when it comes to the marriage market but now that her dad is king suitors are like knocking down the door yeah and thankfully this is not one of those stories where she's engaged at like five years old to some 40 year old creeper (laughs) that she's never met oh Thank you, Jesus. Her parents don't really seem to be in a huge hurry to marry them off. And they also don't make them marry someone they don't want to, which is really nice. So let's fast forward. Zoop. The year is 1863 and Dagmar is 16 years old. So the old king dies, the Frederick VII, and now her dad is Christian IX of Denmark. And everybody's life is about to change big time now that they actually, her dad is actually king. Yeah. First off, dad is king. So they have to move away from that quiet life and have to go into court, basically, in the middle of everything. And then her brother, who was two years older than her, was elected king of Greece. Which, (laughs) yeah, his name was George. He was only 18 at the time, too. And Greece is pretty far away from Denmark. Yeah. And that's two huge changes, like, bam, bam. Mm -hmm. And her dad actually didn't want him to accept the job offer of being king because Greece was in turmoil. And he was Mm. like, well, that seems like a dangerous place to send you. So now he's now she doesn't get to see her brother anymore. And she's probably worried for his safety. Ooh, I don't love that. Yeah. And then probably the biggest shakeup of her life that she knew was her best friend, her oldest sister, her BFF, Alexandra, gets engaged and is getting ready to move to England. Yep. Over in England, they have this Queen Victoria. Maybe you've heard of her. And her son is this dude named Edward, but everyone calls him Bertie. Bertie was in his 20s, and so mom was like, you're not married and making children. Let's rectify that. And so Victoria is looking around for all the suitable princesses in Europe and landed on Alexandra as the most suitable in Europe. Let's get her over here. Let's get her married. It probably didn't hurt that Bertie had seen those hottie patati pictures of hers and the rumors are true. Um, Alexandra is a stone cold hottie and everyone that met her didn't just comment on that they comment on how kind she was so she it seems mm-hmm. like she was beautiful down to earth so that was that it was settled alex is yeah. leaving copenhagen and moving to london yep the king and queen didn't force dagmar's sister into this marriage but if she had heard because she probably did hear the rumors like birdie drinks too much and he has a dozen mistresses So if she would have been like, I heard this rumor that he's an alcoholic and he has a mistress, he's not going to give up. I don't want to marry him. Her parents weren't going to make her. Yeah, but let's get real. They wanted her to accept this proposal. (laughs) Yes, it was advantageous for them, for sure. 
a lot of people still looked at King Christian with a suspicious eye. Like, okay, but who is this guy? guy? Yeah, who is this guy? So having the Prince of Wales as a son-in-law, that'd give you some street cred. (laughs) It helps. It definitely was something to put on the resume, for sure. We don't know how Dagmar took the news that her sister would be moving to London. We have to imagine it was hard for her because, again, this is so many changes so quick. And her sister was her best friend. It'd be weird to suddenly not ever see them anymore. Yeah, that's really sad. It's a lot of change for a 16-year-old all at once. Yeah, and they, the two of them, Alexandra and Dagmar, had been like, BFFs, they were so close. They've been inseparable their entire lives. So this is a huge monumental thing for her. She's losing her best friend, essentially. Totally. But in the meantime, there's still this wedding to plan. So her sister's wedding is going to be a huge fucking to-do. And there's not been a princess of Wales in a couple of generations And the last one was this woman, Caroline of Brunswick. Maybe we'll talk about her one day, but she had been super, super unpopular. So everyone's stoked that now this beautiful princess from Denmark is coming over and we're going to have a princess of Wales again. Get excited. Get pumped up, Nathan. Are you pumped up? Yeah, we're excited. In March, the whole family loads up and heads to London. And when Alexandra's carriage hits the streets of London, there's this huge fanfare and everyone's going nuts and is so happy to see him. And Dagmar's like looking around being like, oh my God, what is going on? Is all of this fanfare for my sister? Like, seriously? I mean, what? They go nuts over royal weddings today. I, th- it was probably the same back then. People rushing to like see the bride, get the first look at the bride, and is she as pretty as everybody said? What is she gonna be wearing? Da 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 da. They spent a few weeks in London before the wedding, and before the wedding, and then afterwards they were gonna head back to Denmark. However, while there, Queen Victoria wanted to get to know Dagmar better her second oldest son was this guy named alfred and he needed a wife too and so victoria wanted to see if dagmar would be a good match for alfred Mm, i I wonder if dagmar was actually interested in that or not like we don't know yeah we we really don't know we wish we knew more but i bet she would have loved the aspect of being close to her sister but i get the vibe that dagmar wasn't interested or at least the two of them didn't really click because it didn't go anywhere in the end though victoria said that while dagmar was probably more clever than her sister that she just didn't think she would be a good fit for alfred and the way i'm reading that is i bet dagmar probably spoke her opinions more than alexandra did is what i'm getting she had that sagittarius going on is what I'm getting. Uh, Sagittarius's love to run their big sexy mouths. And so that's what I that's that's what I'm reading into it. But yeah, so after the wedding, they head back to Copenhagen. It would have been quite an adjustment for her living without her sister, but the two did write each other like nonstop. And eventually life kinda settled back to to normal ish. <laughs> yes. 
All right, so in a second, we are going to get into the marriage aspects for our Danish princess Dagmar. But first, let's take a quick break and top off our drinks. All you need is a few minutes to start your day off with something historic when you listen to the This Day in History podcast. Every day there's a new episode for you to listen and learn about what happened that day way back when. Today could be the day a famous mobster met their end or the first milestone for humans in space. Who knows what history today holds? Find out when you listen and subscribe to This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts. That's This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Things done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. That, that family is, yeah, they are hotties. Are you and, looking at the... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Like, I'm looking at photos of it. Her mom is gorgeous. Her dad is really cute. It's a whoa. I can see why people are like, okay. So, yeah, no, she's gorgeous. And then her sister was super pretty, too. She was like a fashion icon. Her sister sustained an injury giving birth that caused her to walk with a limp for the rest of her life. And so it became, like, stylish to walk with a limp. So people (laughs) would go to their tailors and ask for shoes with uneven heels on them oh wow they're all really pretty so we are back we just took this break to just talk about how gorgeous do yourself a favor we'll definitely post pictures of dagmar and her sister on instagram but definitely go ahead and google them because they are good looking people (laughs) <laughs> let's let's look at Dagmar's resume for potential royal bride. So Yo. she's the daughter of the king of Denmark, the yeah. sister to the king of Greece, mm-hmm. sister-in-law to the prince of Wales, and on top of that, she speaks like three languages. Friendly, outgoing, doesn't have any scandals attached to her. Oh, and uh, once again, she's a stone cold fox. So, eligible bachelorette is what we're getting at. Uh, Yes. (laughs) And about a year or so before, her mother, Louise, Queen Louise of Denmark, had sent her portrait. She sent a portrait of Dagmar over to the Russian royal court and was like, pass this around in case there's like a Russian prince that needs a bride. And the Tsarevich of Russia was like, oh, Oh, hello. Who is this? Auga. Auga. (laughs) Direct quote. So if you're new to Russian history, let's do a quick vocabulary lesson. So Tsar means the king and Tsarina is the queen. 
Tsarevich is the heir apparent, and his wife would be called the Tsarevna. So, the more you know. (laughs) That's very good, Nathan. Thank you for that little lesson. You're welcome. So, the Tsarevich is this guy named Nicholas, but his family calls him Nixa. And Nixa is about three years older than Dagmar. And he arranges a trip to Denmark to meet her in person, which is because they hadn't been writing letters or anything. He just decides he's like, I got to meet her in person. I got to know if this is the real deal. And yeah. So this is if he wanted to, he would. Because mm-hmm. Nixa could have been like, oh, maybe send her over here. In fact, that was probably more customary to send her over there to meet him. But he was like, no, I'm making the effort. I'm going to her. So if he wanted to, he would. Love it. Love Love it. it. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Couldn't find very many details on how this first meeting went. But we believe that Nixa and Dagmar had to have hit it off in some way. But really, if we look at their personalities, it makes sense. And we'll post a picture on Instagram, but in their one picture together, they look so cute and so happy together. They're so cute. Yes. Nixa was described as the perfect crown prince. I mean, he was well-mannered. He was noted to be, like, exceedingly kind. He didn't have any scandals, didn't have any, like, mistresses or anything. Yeah, they just... They just make sense, their personalities. Yeah, Nixa was also really, really close to his family. Yeah. His little brother was his best friend, so that's like Dagmar's sister's her best friend. So I bet that they love that they have that in common. I think that family being really important to both of them was also another big draw. Nicholas wrote to his mom, I cannot describe to you what came over me when I finally saw sweet Dagmar. She is so beautiful, direct, intelligent, experienced, and yet shy at the same time. She is even more beautiful in reality than in her pictures. Aww. I know. That's so sweet. Uh Uh-huh. He's a a mama's boy. Oh, this guy loves his mama. (laughs) (laughs) And these two fell in love hard. So when Nixa proposed, Dagmar literally couldn't say yes fast enough. But here's a cute little story. He actually learned Danish just so he could propose to her in her native language. Isn't that so sweet? Because they both would have spoken French. Because I think mm-hmm. she definitely learned French. And I believe French is was what was spoken at like mm-hmm. the court in Russia. So he could have gone with the language he already knew. But yeah, again, if he wanted to, he would. Ladies Love and gentlemen, if they wanted to, they would. After their engagement, Nika, Nixa had to accompany his mom to a tr- on a trip to France. The mother-in-law-to-be, Tsarina Marie, came to Denmark and met the whole family. And everyone's getting along great. Mom gets along Aww. with Dagmar's mom. Maria falls in love with Dagmar, too. She's like, oh my god, she's going to be the perfect daughter-in-law. Just this family. It's just everything's falling into place and it's just picture perfect. I love that. That's great. The in-laws get along. That's a that's yeah. an important that is an important yes. thing. Yes. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. And Nicholas's mom, Maria, she loved love 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 Dagmar. So Yay. Yeah. We have a happy family and a happy marriage. We don't get to see this that often, guys. <laughs> I know. When Nixa had to leave with his mom, he assures Dagmar, he's like 
as soon as our trip is over. Like as soon as we finish this trip through Europe, we're going to start planning the wedding. I can't wait to be married to you. And so while he's gone, she starts learning Russian and she starts working on converting over to her religion, to orthodoxy. As she's learning more about like, Russian poetry, Russian history, she just starts falling in love with the country. I love it. And while they're apart, they basically write each other every single day. Yeah. These love letters they write each other are just so fucking sweet. Maybe a little uh, too sweet. You get a toothache. <laughs> yes. They're, I mean, they're just, it's young love and they just can't stand to be apart. And it's very sweet, but it's very sweet. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> But her fiancé wasn't the only person she was writing. I think this is kind of interesting. So there was some turmoil going on at home in Denmark that we won't get to too much. But what you need to know is that her dad was also... He was king of Denmark, but then he was also the duke of these other lands that, like, sat on the border of Denmark and Germany. Well, some of these lands, Schleswig Holstein, <laughs> nailed it. Nailed um, it. That was right on the border of Denmark and Prussia, so AKA modern Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dagmar wrote to Nix's dad, the Russian Tsar Alexander II of Russia, who she has never met, and is asking him to intervene on Denmark's behalf. That takes some big titty energy to be uh-huh. like. To be a teenager and you're writing a guy that you've never met to be like, hey, help us out here. Because, I mean, Russia's army was giant, so it probably would have helped. But, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, her father-in-law had to be left. He left her on red, basically. And did not send any help. But, honestly, it was a bit of a stretch anyway. There really wasn't any reason for the king of Russia to get involved in this messy dispute. But I think that her standing up and taking it upon herself to even ask that says a lot about her as a person. I agree. I agree. So Denmark ended up losing those lands and it made her dad pretty unpopular for the first half of his reign. But more importantly to our story, it made Dagmar fucking hate Germans for the rest of her life. There was no, she was so prejudiced against Germans, which is, prejudice is never cool, but she was just like, no, we are not, we are not talking to them if they're German for the rest of her life. Wow. Yeah. All right. Unfortunately, let's switch gears a little bit and get to a part of the story that's kind of a bummer. Um, Yeah. Years and years ago, Nixa had done something to really, really fuck up his back. Maybe he fell off a horse. Maybe he was in a wrestling match gone wrong. It's really unclear. We just don't know. But what is clear is that his back has always been this source of pain for him. Yeah. Like Dagmar told somebody about how once a couple of times when they'd be like horseback riding together in Denmark he kept being like, we have to slow down. This is really killing my back. And he's young. Mm-hmm. So it, that it was a cause for concern, for sure. Yeah. So one day, Dagmar realizes that she hasn't gotten a letter from him in a minute. And they were writing each other, like, every day. So she is like, what is going on? And she writes him a letter, and like, it's a total joke, where she's like, 
have you fallen in love with somebody else? Have you fallen in love with an Italian beauty over there? I haven't heard from you. And that's when Nixa's mom realizes that she needs to break some pretty bad news to Dagmar. Yeah, so they believe that Nixa had something called cerebrospinal meningitis, which sounds super serious because it is super serious. Because it is super serious. It's not a good time. Yeah, it became pretty clear pretty quick that he was dying. Yeah. The Russian czar wrote to Dagmar and said, Nix is getting the last, her, his last rights tonight. So they were in Nice, France. He was like, me and my son are he- heading to Nice right now to see him before he passes. Hopefully we get there in time. If you can come, please do. Can you imagine? Ugh. Like, you had no idea that this was going on. And now you're like, just worried that he's not writing to you because he's fallen in love with somebody else. But you're, no, he's dying. Oh, gosh. Oh, I know. And as you can imagine, Dagmar was devastated. So she and her mom hightail it out of Copenhagen and meet up with the Tsar and his younger son, Alexander, in Germany. So they board a train together to Nice. And probably not the first time meeting she had in mind for the Tsar. <laughs> yeah. Going to see her dying husband. Yeah. 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 Even though, the, given the situation being shitty, the Tsar was still really impressed with Dagmar. He was like, obviously her dedication. I can't question that. Obvious. Mm-hmm. And then just everything about her, just like her manners and everything. And he learned, she, she like tells him, oh, I've been studying about Russia. And he's really impressed in her dedication and studying and how ready she was to convert to the religion and everything. And he's like, damn, this girl is fucking cool. I'm sure he was bummed. That his son was dying for lots of reasons, but one of them, I'm not going to have this chick as my daughter-in-law? Damn. Ugh, I hate it here. I know. It's so sad that this is happening to her. I know. But fortunately, Dagmar does arrive in time to see Nixa before he passes away. So that's at least happy. In fact, when he saw that Dagmar and his dad had arrived, he got this boost of energy and for a day, everyone was like, oh my gosh, maybe we're witnessing a miracle. Yeah. No. No. Womp, womp, womp. But sadly, yeah, that was just, that was false hope. I hate it. And a few days later, Dagmar's woken up in the middle of the night. And he had just, he had taken a dramatic nosedive. And they were like, he's dying right now. You need to get up out of bed. And a few hours later, the Tsarevich Nicholas passed away. His mother, father, brother, and Dagmar were all by his side. And on his deathbed, he took his brother's hand and said to him, I want you to promise me you'll marry Dagmar. I also read that he thought Dagmar was standing right there next to him and reached for her hand to get her to promise too. But he was probably hallucinating just a little bit. Yeah. And so, of course, his brother is like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. I mean... You're not going to say to your dying brother if his, like, last words would be like, marry Dagmar. He's not exactly going to be like, eh. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) I'll think about it. (laughs) Kind of putting me on the spot there, babe. So, yes, of course. Of course I will. Yeah. Okay. Why was this so important to Nixa? Right? The 
the alliance wasn't that crucial for Russia or Denmark. So, I mean, it was yeah. good, but not like make it or break it for either country. Well, because like we talked about in like in our Catherine of Aragon episodes where she was married to one brother and then he died. The alliance between England and Spain was important, especially to the English. They needed that Spanish money, you know. So I get in that case why it was so important to keep the princess and the family. But yeah, the only thing that I could find is that Nicholas may have thought that he was ruining Dagmar's happiness. And he thought that this could make her happy. It doesn't really make any sense to me, but when you're dying, maybe you're not thinking super clearly. In his mind, though, it was super, super important that his brother marry Dagmar. Either way, Nixa has passed away, and our poor baby girl is devastated. Devastated. Um, so devastated that in her grief, she refused to leave the body. The czar had to physically drag her away from his body. Ooh. I can just feel the grief radiating through through time oh i hate that for her that is so sad mm-hmm. i hate it here i'm gonna go top off my drink because that was a lot so i agree we'll, we'll catch let... you back here in a second <laughs> yes we'll be right back hello listeners this is ann bogle author blogger and creator of the podcast what should i read next since 2016 i've been helping readers bring more joy and delight into their reading lives Every week, I tech all things books and reading with a guest and guide them in discovering their next read. They share three books they love, one book they don't, and what they've been reading lately. And I recommend three titles they may enjoy reading next. Guests have said our conversations are like therapy, troubleshooting issues that have plagued their reading lives for years and possibly the rest of their lives as well. And of course, recommending books that meet the moment, whether they are looking for deep introspection to spur or encourage a life change or a frothy page turner to help them escape the stresses of work, school, everything. You'll learn something about yourself as a reader, and you'll definitely walk away confident to choose your next read with a whole list of new books and authors to try. So join us each Tuesday for What Should I Read Next? Subscribe now wherever you're listening to this podcast and visit our website, whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com to find out more. Hey y'all, spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. All right. After Nixa passes away in France... Dagmar goes back to Denmark to grieve for a year. I feel like we've talked a lot on this show about like when someone dies and it's just like a formality to be in mourning and wear black. And no, this was real grief. She was actually mourning horribly. And like to the point where her family was worried about her health. Her sister ends up coming over from England to spend time with her. Her sister had just just given birth and Queen Victoria was like, 
you're not going to travel, to which Alexandra said, fuck you, Vicky, and jumped on the next boat to Copenhagen. That's some that's some big clit energy right there. That too. is some big clit. Yeah, to tell Queen Victoria to suck it. Absolutely. But, this, I mean, that does seem like it, help, it lifted her spirit some. But things were really rough for a while. However, the whole time that she's grieving, Nix's mom, the Tsarina, is still writing to her. I think it was therapeutic for both of them, you know. And they were really bonding over this shared grief. And they established a really wonderful relationship. And after about a year, the Tsarina Maria starts floating the idea of like, well, we do have that other son. I would still love to have you as a daughter-in-law. I mean, on paper, it makes sense. She already loves his parents. She's already literally converting to Russian orthodoxy. But could she actually love her her former husband's brother could yeah. she that's a big question yeah and she's only met him the only time they've interacted is watching someone that they both love die so she doesn't really know him so let's meet the new possible hubby to be because these brothers were wildly different mm-hmm. his name is alexander but everyone calls him sasha mm. Nick's, sasha fierce sasha fierce so yes nixa had been nixa had been more refined in his interest he liked literature poetry polite society yes. Yes. sasha fierce likes camping building things with his hands and hates 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 doing society events nixa you can look at pictures of them in their family photos nixa was like a little bit more frail a little bit more like smaller in his build and sasha fierce is a big russian bear man he gives me ron <laughs> swanson so much <laughs> <laughs> He was so strong that if he would get mad at dinner parties, if he got mad, he would take the silverware and twist it up into pretzels just to remind people how strong he was. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So don't fuck with me. Look what I can do to this fork. Yeah. (laughs) Don't fork with me. (laughs) Don't fork with me. (laughs) So like a pretzel. <laughs> Sasha Fierce was not into reading poetry, talking Mm-mm. philosophy. That was not his jam. He loved music, liked to play the tuba, which not <laughs> particularly the most refined instrument in the world. What we need to know is that Sasha Fierce had loved, loved, loved his brother. They were very, very close. Sasha had had a girlfriend who was not like royal enough to be a suitable wife for him, for somebody mm-hmm. in the line of succession. Uh, before Nixa died, Sasha had actually planned on renouncing his rights to the lines of succe- line of succession to marry this commoner. Wow. And Yeah, but when he became the Tsarevich, he either changed his mind or his parents may have actually, like, had the girlfriend exiled. It's unclear. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Dagmar was not so sure about an engagement to her dead fiance's brother. Um, She hardly spoke two words to him when they were together. And he was so different, like physically, mentally, um, than what Nixa was like. She's like, I don't really know about this guy. Yeah, but the Tsarina is like, look, let me send him over. 
why don't you just get to meet him? Will you at least give him a chance to see? No one's going to force you to marry him. If you're just like super, super not into it, no one's going to force your hand. But hey, why don't you just get to know him before you make up your mind? Mm -hmm. And Dagmar agrees. Uh, in the spring of 1866, Sarvich Alexander, a.k.a. Sasha Fierce, yes. uh, arrives in Copenhagen. So Dagmar is 19 and Sasha is 21. So yay, not a horrible age gap at not all. Not a horrible age gap at all. So look, we have no idea how their first meeting went. Unlike when Nixa came to Copenhagen, there isn't really anyone like documenting what the chemistry was like. Because um, this is a much, it's, a, it's just still kind of a more of a somber affair. Mm -hmm. And the vibe that I got, though, is that it was a slow burn. Like, they didn't have that immediate chemistry. But after a while, when they got to know each other, they did start growing on each other. So the story goes that one day they're looking at photos together and they come upon some photos of Nixa. And Dagmar just breaks down and starts crying. And she's just basically like... God damn it, I just loved him so fucking much. I know. And then Sasha starts crying and he's just like, I loved him so fucking much too. This sucks. And they just have a good cry session. Finally, he's just like, look, look we know why I'm here. Do you think you could love me the way you loved my brother? And she's just looking at this big Russian bear man who is just bawling like a baby to her. And I think it makes her realize, oh, maybe he is sensitive. Maybe he is more like Nixa than I realized. Mm. And she's like, I, I think I could. I think I could love you. And soon after that, they announced their marriage. And it seems like they actually started to fall in love after that. And not just because everybody expected them to. They really fell in love. Which is so nice and refreshing. Which is so nice. I do wonder if it's like a bit of a trauma bonding. Yeah, thing. for sure. Like, it's but, gotta be. Yeah. But soon after, our girl heads to St. Petersburg for the marriage. And she is immediately popular once she hits Russian soil. I thought this was interesting. So everybody traveled to England for her sister's wedding. Her parents couldn't afford to go to Russia and send the whole family to Russia. So they just sent her brother with her. That was her only family member that came. I wonder why. Like, I wonder if, is England just a whole lot closer? Is, I, if, I don't, I thought that was weird. It was like, they couldn't afford it. And I was like, I bet if they asked, the Russian family would have paid for them to come over. Yeah, I bet if they would have asked, but yeah, the, trip is much quicker denmark is just a hop skip and a jump away from the from uk England. yeah as opposed to russia which would be fucking far <laughs> yeah and i bet you'd have to do a like a boat from copenhagen to mainland and then the rest of it would probably have to be by land uh -huh. and i bet that takes a lot longer too anyway they couldn't afford it so just her and her brother went but yeah she arrives in Russia, super, super popular. And if you've never listened to anything, any of our episodes uh, in Russia before, what you need to know is that Russian nobility at the time, their vibe is gaudy as hell. Uh -huh. Everything is gold. Everything is dripping in jewels, eleganza. Like everything is big and 
I love gold and I love fancy, but yeah, sometimes when you look at like the decor at the time for the rich people, it's like, well, that is a bit much. I bet Trump would have loved it with his gold gold toilets. Yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's everything from the diamonds to the palaces to the carriages to the ball gowns. Everything is much bigger than it needed to be. It's just extravagance from the get-go. And Dagmar is into it. (laughs) Yes, she is like, she leans in to the gaudy. And I think on Patreon, on an old Patreon episode, we talk about like how she has like some of the largest jewels ever. She is like, I am here for it. So uh, on November 9th, 1866, they are officially married and she is now in line to be the next Tsarina of Russia. And everything was good and chill forever. Don't Google it. Okay, that's that's a good place to leave her for now, but we'll catch you back up in two weeks with the rest of her story. Yes! Cheers, bitches! Charles. Okay, let's do 